Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Why don't we eat? Dear, don't cause a fuss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. We're broadcasting, well, from Mount Dandenong, but we're producing this in beautiful downtown East Brunswick. And a very, very good afternoon to all of you that have joined us. So glad you're here. And um, as we look back briefly over our shoulders, we thank the scientists for being the erudite, crazy bastards that they are. Erudite. Fantastic. Carl Chapman. Hi, Cam. How are you? Good. You were battling headwinds and hay fever, you said. Yes, it's a beautiful spring morning, but it comes with a bit of Thank pollen. you. So there's, uh, there's a bit of wind out there. A little bit. Well, you're on a bike anyway. Yeah, you know <laughs> Riding it. Riding into a northerly. You feel it. Well, look, thank you for coming and joining us. It's uh, been a while. Have you been away? Uh, I you think, have, haven't you? Oh, back in July, but I think yeah. I think I was in Queensland the week that I was last called in. So oh, sorry, I missed you that time. You went. I, th- <laughs> I thought you were somewhere more exotic than than that, because that is sort of your want to go away to exotic climes and places. Oh, if you but Queensland, that's England that, in the winter. I don't know if it's that exotic, but <laughs> uh, that, that, that'll that'll do. Uh, young Matt Stedman, who uh, also uh, panels on on this show, is uh, currently eating his way through Singapore. Much more exotic. One crab at a time. Mm. Lucky man, lucky man. We'll speak to him uh, next week. But uh, the here and now, we're about to do a food show, and I'm so glad that uh, you are here. Oh, I've got some really good guests on today. Uh, first of all, on today's show, local hero from uh, representing, represent Gippsland and beautiful Jersey cows, and, of course, the great, backbone of the dairy industry, of the uh, industry made up of great individuals. Um, I'm talking, of course, about Sally Jones, local hero, recently anointed by the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. We'll be speaking to her very, very shortly about mm, how cute are Jersey cows and uh, and what about, uh, well, in more important things, the very nature of the dairy industry as it is at the moment. Um, there's some truly terrifying things happening in the industry and some, uh, well, we could say a decline, but also, um, how we put this, a time for great optimism as well. So Sally's going to be on very, very shortly. And Carl, you were telling me that you've heard about uh, the new goings-on at the convent at Abbotsford. I have heard of it. I have walked past it with the with the dog when I'm walking, but I have not been into it yet. There's but a guy called Cam Miller who's sort of been behind a um, well, kicking off a, a real, um, making it a real focus of great food. I wanted to use that Renaissance word, but I just went. Mm, don't I, do I that. was at Cam's actually for lunch last week, but not Julie's. Okay. So um, this is the thing. He's been down there for about thirteen years. Uh, doing excellent food, and his very, very good mate, Jules Blum, has uh, taken over the reins of what used to be the Mental as Anything kitchen. Mental as, as Anything. Yeah, that one, mate. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. One lousy letter. 
Jeez. Uh, Lancers Anything um, has left the building and has been replaced by a restaurant called Julie, which, of course, is the eponymous uh, restaurant named after Jules. So Jules is coming in to have a chat about what, how she cooks and her, her, her thoughts about food, what's growing in the gardens around the place because they've got kitchen gardens there, which mm-hmm. is kind of good, and um, also talk about the food which I've tried, which I reckon has been pretty good. So uh, we'll have Jules and also Anna Clifford, her sommelier, um, who has put together a really, really interesting wine list down there, will come and chat. So we're just going to have a chat about dairy food and great food that's happening within the city and uh, and also interesting wine lists that um, have been going with that. So what do you think? You want to stick around? Hope you do. Um, in the meantime, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. One was there will be no market report because that's one of the first things you asked me, wasn't it, when you it came was. in, Carl? Got John? John's got a week off. Yeah, John's got a week off. John's got two weeks off. Oh. John is actually on holidays. He's deserved it, earned it. I think he has. So um, those that are looking for their fix of Rouge de Mamonde tomatoes from Tomato City in the Queen Victoria market, well, you might have to go somewhere else for the next couple of weeks and uh, we'll return with him a little bit later on. Uh, What else did I want to mention? I think that was about it. I don't know. What do you think? Is there anything on your plate that you wanted to talk about? Well, I did come from breakfast at the Studley Park Boathouse this morning, which has just recently reopened after a multi-million dollar makeover from being a rather tired little place. That could almost be hotter market. than Julie the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I have to say, I mean, it's only been open a few weeks and it's in a stunning location. It's a beautiful spring morning. Have they spent a lot of money on the renovation? I believe. What have they done? Well, there's, I mean, the whole building, I think, has been, I didn't go inside the building. I was out on the, the terrace, but what used to be sort of scrubby grass banks leading down to the riverboats are now yes. uh, a huge decked area with lots of tables and parasols. Uh, and it is, it's like a machine now. I mean, there the were, I got there early, but by the time I was leaving, there were, the cars were queuing down from Yarra Boulevard. There oh, were just oh. many hundreds of people. And uh, Imagine working on the coffee machine. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be... Um, <laughs> You'd so, almost have to have two people, one doing milk and the other doing the pours, I reckon. I think the difference with someone like Julie's is you go there for that oh. really close personal attention, whereas here you feel like you're just a... I know, you're part of the, part machine. Of the machine. But it's a stunning location. It and is. And it's going to be really popular, I think, over the summer. But wow. yeah, I think Julie's in the cool shade of the convent on a summer's day would be just beautiful. Yeah, I'll say. and But also Studley Park, I mean, that building is... That's a very old, beautiful building, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And you've Quite. got that lovely suspension bridge nearby that takes you over as well if you're yes. walking. So, and you can take the boats out and, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yes, and uh, and there's some yeah, beautiful grounds and, yeah, you can look into the uh, – if you're on the the river – actually, it's not really around there. You can't really see into the, the backyards of the very, very, very uber, uber wealthy – up there in queue. Yeah. Uh, but it makes you wonder if the Fairfield Boathouse might look at that and say, hang on, perhaps we need to go through a similar revamp. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, it's a beautiful spring day to be doing that. I'm sorry about the hay fever. <laughs> you know. That's all right. Me and a few million others. <laughs> have, you, have you Zyrtec'd up? Oh, you do what you can. But, yeah. you know, just goes for the turf. Triple. Ah. Next guest who I'm just about to introduce, and I have to say that in a time where 
more and more dairy farmers are leaving the land, and especially in Gippsland, which I might say is some of the finest dairy country in the can- in the country. We are witness to an economic climate or time where more and more capital, land, and production has been taken out of the hands of the many, a commonwealth if you would, and concentrated into the hands of the few. And then along comes a local hero, one recognised as such this year by the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Sally Jones is an advocate for better dairy, but perhaps more importantly an advocate for better, fairer dairy farming. Despite its rapid success, the pillars of the business remain. We're talking about Gippsland, Jersey. Fair play for farmers, mental health advocacy in the regions and kindness. Above all, we welcome to the microphones, Sally Jones. Thank you so much for having me on, Cam. I feel like this has been a long time coming. It because has. We've yep. been chatting on Instagram. <laughs> yep. For ages. Yes. And um, you gave us a shout out a couple of, oh, what would have been six months ago, about our barista day, our oh. on-farm barista day, talking yes. about coffee. Yes. And, uh, yeah, very appreciative of your support. So thank you so much. It is, uh, it's an honour and a pleasure and it's what we do here at 3 Triple R, and this is what makes this um, the very, very special radio station that it is. But I guess we should probably start off by saying, tell us a little bit about yourself because not everybody, even though they should have, and maybe by the end there'll be more, uh, have heard about what you do in Gippsland. Tell us a little bit about your story on the land working with those cows and getting up early every morning. <laughs> well, Am I right about that? Uh, I do get up early, yeah. but I can't say that I milk cows these days. Those are that um, has sort of, yeah, I've, I've got a new title now. Mm. But um, yeah, What I is your new it, title? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what my title is. I don't have one. Okay. Just a rouse about. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but I um but look it's never too it's never below me to milk some cows it's just that I probably don't have enough time in the day to be honest yes but um I grew up on a dairy farm in Lakes Entrance which is a strange place to have a dairy farm mm-hmm. uh, more known for being the funnel of uh, the fish industry where all the the great well the fish come from into uh, Lakes Entrance into that little harbour and then get trucked off to Melbourne. Absolutely. It is definitely a fishing, t- a fishing village town. And home of one of the great seafood restaurants in this uh, in this fair country. Sorry to fish. Oh, yeah. Nick Marluk. Say good day to Nick for me. I will. Love Nick. Uh, his sister is opening up a seafood shack this summer. Yes. Hot tip for everybody that's okay. going to Lake's Entrance. Seafood shack. At the okay. Slipway. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, you're, you're doing cows there. Which I is, am. But we think of, I think of Gippsland of the rolling hills of Leongatha. Yeah. And... Just the country around there, where the soil is so good, you could we could what you could grow root, root hairs off a matchstick, <laughs> as someone once said. Stick a matchstick in the ground, you. But the soils are great. Yeah, the rolling hills, and when the weather is kind, uh, there is no better dairy country in in this country. Absolutely. Big. So we're in springtime. Yep. And the grass is growing, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful sight. So it's we call it mowing season. Good. All the farmers are in their Good. tractors. They're listening to plenty of podcasts. So let's give them a shout out to listen to Triple R. Go on. Uh, and um, so you grew up uh, in the, in the farm. So around Lakes Entrance. Yeah. So I grew up on Lakes Entrance, and my dad always believed that dairy farmers didn't get paid enough. So. Mm-hmm. 
they're price takers, not price setters. Yep. Just so he bucked the system, which has been very much a, a tale of agriculture in this mm. in this country. Like we can think about the potato growers around Dalesford, the same sort of thing happening. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So price takers. Price takers, and so he decided that he would value add to his milk, and yes. so he. he he started an ice cream business. So milked the cows, made the ice cream, and mm. then we had ice cream shops. So that's, ha- that's my upbringing. Wow. That's what I did. What was and, your favourite um, flavour growing up? Oh, it, you can't go past the honey crunch. Okay. Local honey yep. with violet crumbles smashed up. <laughs> yeah, okay. My job was smashing the crumble up. Really? Yeah. Hammer? Loved it. Yep. Yeah. Brick? Yep. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it takes. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay. So that was the upbringing. And then um, when I finished year 12, so it was very hectic. Like it was a very dysfunctional upbringing, to be honest, because there was so much going on. Mm. Um, we didn't have TV. I did actually didn't go to school until grade six either. So it was it was pretty wow. good, yeah. pretty full on. Okay. But loved it. Like grew up with cousins and mm. Nana and Pop. And it was very much the family business. Yep. Finished year 12. Ag bikes, lots of, lots of cows. Yeah. And what sort of cows then? Uh, jerseys. Always jerseys. Mm-hmm. It's always been jerseys. Yep. There were a few black and whites thrown in there, but generally predominantly jerseys because that has the produces the best cream, All right. which produced Australia's best ice cream. My dad used to go to the Dairy Awards and absolutely clean up with the gold medals. Thanks to those brown cows. Absolutely. All right, what is a jersey cow for those that have never – let's take some city okay. slickers, never been on the land. All right, let's go yeah. back. So they're little. Yeah. They're a little cow. Yeah. They're about four hundred kilos versus a black and white one, which is about six hundred kilos. Yeah. So they're lighter on the land. Yeah. So they're they're better for the environment. So they're dainty cows. <laughs> they're light they're on dainty their feet. and gorgeous, and they've got these big, long eyelashes oh and brown my God. eyes. The eyes. Oh, yes. Yeah. They're beautiful, and then um, they actually produce a higher fat milk mm-hmm. and a high protein as well. So they're um, they. It also naturally contain the A2 protein. What's the A2 protein? Well, it's a genetic. It's a the genetic makeup of the protein, which aids in digestibility Correct. of the um, of that protein. Correct. So it's sometimes something to do with the casein. Yes. So some people that have like insensitive tummies or whatever, they would choose to have an A2 milk, and then their tummies won't be upset anymore. Jersey got that going on. Yeah. Cool. Well, not all jerseys, but oh, okay. yeah, like you have to have the, your, your herds genetically tested and things like that. But yeah. yeah we so won't you, get techie. So grew up with uh, mum and dad on yep. the land, yep. uh, waking up early because you got to milk them twice. Slave labour. Yeah, my God. <laughs> uh, dad's saying, yeah, it's not, it's, this isn't really yeah. worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and then what happened? So I left, yeah, you, so finished it. I did go to school for high school. Good girl. And um, ended up, um, yeah, leaving Mel, uh, leaving leaving Gippsland thinking, I'm done, let's go to the bright, shiny lights of Melbourne. Yeah. What's all this about? So I packed up my little car, moved to Melbourne, had no idea. Yeah. I, and um, I got a job. I studied PR. I had no idea what PR was. It was called public relations apparently. Got some great opportunities in that space because I was one of those country kids that just said yes to everything. Uh-oh. And That can be good and bad. Yeah. yeah. In in a good way. And I was mm. exposed to lots of things, lots of good things. And because I was from a dairy farm, the directors of a Melbourne's hottest boutique PR agency, and one of those guys was Richard Richard um, Richard Chapman and Trevor Young. Trevor Young's a, a, a PR guy. And um, they just said yes. Anyway, I got a job, got my internship sort of thing there, mm. met a great bunch of chicks. And then I was... Um, yeah, I don't know. I just did two years there and, and then um, I was also at the same time to make money 
for you know for rent because life's expensive in Melbourne. I was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Melbourne it's farmers more market so every week. Yes. Oh well, yeah. the Melbourne farmers markets had just started up, oh. and so I used to make my pop drive down from Lake's Entrance every morning with dairy products from from home, and then I'd sell all the I'd sell sell all the products and yeah. um and pay for my rent, which was great. And, um, wow, great dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, Did you give any to your dad? Did uh, dad get I a cut? I don't know how that – I forget the details. What a great details. man. Anyway, okay, so that was the but first anyway, thing where no, you got into the did. farmer's and, markets. And, yeah, and everybody kept asking about stuff about the farm, what cows were eating and how we how yeah. we did it. And I was like, how do people not know this stuff? And I realised – they live in the city. Yeah, yes. such a disconnect between yeah. farms and consumers. A, a lot of children think that, that animals don't exist on farms, so that this meat is – just grows comes in out of these, a supermarket yeah, mm. in in a polystyrene tray. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, long story short, yes. I was like, okay, I think this is where I belong. I belong in the middle, and I belong about bringing like that connection piece. And I wouldn't say that I'm the best communicator, but I'm just you know, I try to I connect it. I get both both sides of it. Mm. So it was only a matter of time, and I went home and I started up a little milk company with my dad called Aphrodite Bath Milk. Oh, and it was yes, sold for yes. cosmetic purposes. And Richard Ch- Richard Cornish was uh, a freaking legend. Around. Yes, he yeah. is. And he was so intimidating to me. I remember like I was, you know, to a lot 20 of pe- years old. To a lot of people, he still is. <laughs> don't worry. And we love you. Well, I don't know if he's listening, but if he is, we love you. You know that. We do love yeah. him. And uh, anyway, so that was my forte into the food scene, really. Yes. Oh, and Richard Cornish, we should sort of say this, uh, uber foodie, we would say, around the place, uh, author, uh, advocate of uh, – fierce advocate of um, – uh, of uh, Producers. Independent producers. Absolutely. Yes, very much. Yep. Yeah. So he would have seen you and gone, yeah, you got the right stuff because yeah. he assesses people instantly and if he likes you, <laughs> you're a very lucky person and you're a good human. Uh, because if he won't, he won't speak to you. That's yeah. just the way Richard is. So he saw the value of you and then this thing grew, this Gippsland Dairy grew from that, yeah? Well, actually, no, there's a, a little bit uh, – yeah, well, yes. Mm. So there's a whole lot more story, but yeah. here we are. So seven yes. years ago, uh, Gippsland Jersey was created, so it's another brand and um, mm. we are in Coles and Woolworths and – how do we get more people to know about Gippsland Jersey is the question that I need to know. <laughs> first of all, okay, well, one of the things we, we have to assess is, first of all, how were you able to go on that torturous path to get into and do the deal with the devil, which really it kind of is, mm. to get into supermarkets and what has been the advantages but the disadvantages of that? We would prefer... I, like our, you know, ideally we would love not to be having to rely on stocking in a major supermarkets, but the reality is everybody stocks there. You have to. Yeah. Funny story of how we got in actually. So, Go um, it, we launched Gippsland Jersey just off the back of the dairy crisis, and unfortunately, my dad had suicided in 2016, which is extremely tragic to me. And um, creating this brand wasn't even on my radar. Um, and so I channeled all of my grief and all of my, um, I guess just, yeah, focused on to creating something positive off the back of my dad's death and out of something so tragic to yeah, try, and, try and make something good. Come yes. From that. It wasn't. The, and, yeah. and, and mental health's a real thing and it's, it's tragic. And I, you know what? I, a lot of people are, you know, 
I guess, experiencing that loss of people and it's and it's a very hard pill to swallow and to understand and, and to this wrap is, your head around. This, this also exacerbates the whole thing about living on the land in the, the so many of these things happen in such relentless slow motion. Yeah. And it's just it's not like an event that's just bang. That but no. we think about drought, which is just mm-hmm. this interminable thing that you're living through every day, which can go for two, three, you know, years. Mm. And and how this and and that's just the, the weather. And we talk about the economic winds that are blowing in the dairy industry mm. and they're dire, aren't they? Yeah, well in Gippsland we're losing about fifty dairy farms every single year. They're just they're just leaving the industry. So the milk pool is shrinking. Yeah. Yes. We have one thousand and fifty dairy farms in Gippsland now. In two thousand sixteen we had fourteen hundred. <gasps> Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's for lots of different reasons people are uh, packing up shop, but um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's da- the dairy industry is a hard gig to be in, and most people are it's, born into it. It's always been really, really tough. And, yeah. And just in the in the way that we describe, first of all, just the nature of the fact that you never have holidays. I oh, know. We you, never had a day. We you, never had a family holiday. You, you, you're, not, you're not going to Bali. You're not doing a tour of, you know, the wineries <laughs> of Umbria. No. Uh, no, that's not. Our that's... holidays, Cam, we're going to the Melbourne and Sydney show selling ice cream. Yeah, yeah there you go. You know. <laughs> As a family growing up. Yeah. So but... so that's just the, the physical reality yeah. of it. And then you've got to deal with the climatic reality. And then mm-hmm. the economic situation became more and more apparent. Maybe you can just give us in maybe a minute or so just an idea of that. Oh, that's a hard thing. Yeah, yeah, the dairy crisis happened in 2016. So that essentially meant that farmers, what they thought they were getting paid, so if you're going to be said, right, you're going to get paid $120,000 a year or whatever as your wage and then your boss coming back to you and say, actually, no, we're only going to pay you like $50,000. But you've already gone and spent that extra $80,000, right? So that's essentially what happened in the dairy crisis. People were told that they were going to get paid. A they were presented price. with a fat accompli, to use the awkward French yeah. term. Yeah. Okay. You speak. Uh, yeah. Fat accompli. Uh, 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 anyway. We. we yeah. I'll Google that. that. <laughs> okay. But it's something that you you have no choice really. Absolutely. Here it is. No options. Boom. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's a tragic situation, and and often that financial pressure can be a massive mental load on people every day. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, as a result, the mental health in farmers skyrocketed in mm. that time and it was, yeah, I mean, it's still there, but um, the stigma, I think, people weren't talking about it then. So when my and dad died... And this is died, when you came along and said, yeah, we need to... We need to talk about this. This when? is a real illness and there's no shame in yep. this. Yeah, and, and maybe that's one of the great things about the, the this part of the, the 21st century in that... Um, mental health has been destigmatized, and we can, as a society, more and more talk about it. Absolutely. And maybe that started first from the cities, and but you know the stoic people in the bush, you weren't allowed to do that. And maybe that's been one of your great things is that you've given permission for people to talk. Well, yeah, I've got a lived ex- experience of my dad going through that, and it's been an incredible. Um, to open up those conversations with dairy farmers, and every year we put out a calendar, and we just we just build on those stories and those you know it's people sharing their own personal stories that's going to break the stigma. Mm. Storytelling is th- such a powerful medium. 
storytelling is um, is one of the things that we as humans crave. Whether you know it's a mm. thing about where something came on a menu, or yeah. you know what gives people the fire in their belly to keep going and get up and put their feet on the floor every day. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So where is the um, the dairy industry now? Where are we today, and what could we be doing? Uh, now going into the future, that's with the, the growers and for also the punters, all you people out there, what can you do? So well, it's interesting. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm staying in Melbourne. I stayed in Melbourne last night and um, I went – I've been out hitting the ground in supermarkets all morning before I've come into the studio here. You're amazing. I can't get over that. You're, you're just a, a <laughs> no, one-person no. <laughs> advocacy band. It's amazing. Oh, well, as I said, we're in Coles and Woolworths. Yeah. And um, how do I get more people to know about our milk? Because if you. we don't sell enough units per store yeah. per week, we get kicked out. And the answer is Sally fronts up to people yeah. in the supermarket. G'day, how are you going? And you say Can to you them, try? Yeah. yeah. I was like, hey, would you give – Gippsland Jersey ago, um, we're actually like real deal. We are family-owned Gippsland local milk um, because most of the milk on the supermarket shelf is foreign-owned big companies, maybe packaged and marketed as small boutique stuff. But, yeah, I would encourage anybody out there that just buys milk, please read the back of the label, find out who owns that company. So the the, the generic milk that a lot of us get that we sort of buy on price yeah, because it's the cheapest and it's just the one. It's a, And it's almost like a Pavlovian conditioned reflex that you Correct. just go and get that and you put it in the thing. Yeah. And you're, just, you're not thinking about it. It's muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Um, you're saying that a lot of that is going to um, – Foreign-owned dairies. Is that what you say? Yeah. So if you wow. look, yeah, like large multinational companies mm. either own them or um, – and the problem is that um, little. it's very hard for little independents to compete in that space because Coles and Woolworths dominate our food systems and they actually have their own branded milk. It's and the duopoly. Have, it's part yeah. of the great oligarchy of um, Australia, which is, you know, we have great things about this country, but one of the real things that suck is the concentration of ownership of everything, whether it's our media or our yeah. food systems and especially where we're talking here, our supermarkets. And people have power. Mm. If pe- We actually, as the people, have power. Vote with your wallets. Um, our milk is $5.70 for two, bo- two litres mm-hmm. or, you know, $3 for, for a litre. And... Often when you actually get in front of people in the supermarket and just say, hey, listen, hi, this is me, this is my milk, would you support me? They're like, of course, we love, oh, we will we'll definitely support. I love Jersey cows. We love, we love supporting farmers. And, yes. and you know what? Melbourne people really do love supporting farmers. Oh, maybe they think they're mm, – yeah, maybe it would be – yes. And that could be the thing, that they think that by buying the blue milk, they are supporting farmers yep. or the ones in that. But you're saying that Please possibly – Please read not. the labels. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about the products that you produce. Oh, well, yeah, I'm very yeah. proud to say that uh, <laughs> our cultured butter and our cultured sour cream and mm. whatnot uh, is in the Melbourne's top restaurants, mm-hmm. the places like Rudamond and Gimlet, and I'll never forget the time. So my friend Simon Friend, who oh, happens yeah. to be from Lake's Entrance and mm. he's a truffle hustler from Friend and Burrell. <laughs> 
<laughs> Such a hustler too. He's a hustler. And you'd laugh at that too, Simon, if you heard. Yes. yes and I'll never yes. forget when um, he backdoored me into Guy Grossi's restaurant because I have no idea who anyone is. I'm from Gippsland. I, I have got no network or anything like that. So Simon has more front than Myers. Absolutely, yeah, he does. Go on. He had backdoored it up the back stairs of, yeah. um, of Guy Grossi's restaurant. Oh, and so you elbowed your way into that grand kitchen. I did. And, mm, he, and the grand I, stove. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I happened to have a big slab of cultured yellow butter and um, instantly he grabbed it off and just started buttering bread and goes, this is amazing, love it. <laughs> Sign me up. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is amazing. Wow. And then went down the road to Andrew McConnell's restaurant at Gimlet. And, and same thing, like once once these chefs try it, they Who did you meet? Did you meet Andrew? Yes. Or, okay. And, and he was here with Colin? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And it was very – I had no idea who these people were, so I had no chance to get intimidated. Uh-huh. So we've got cultured butter, which is around yes. the place, so we'll see. We have milk. We do. Milk's predominantly our main table. Our goal is the, to be the number one – Table milk in in Victoria, Gippsland uh-huh. Jersey on the table. Preference Go milk. Go on. Um, we also have the culture sour cream. I brought some in, and I've made you a little platter of salmon capers and sour cream. Well, maybe we want to hang around. We'll, we'll feed some to our <laughs> chefs. They probably they probably need something to eat because being chefs, they probably haven't eaten anything. <laughs> So well, let's see maybe, how we, maybe go. we could do that. So, there, but there's also yogurt that you produce. No, we don't do yogurt yet. Not yogurt. All right. So, but cultured cream. buttermilk, cream, yep. mm. cultured butter, uh, cultured sour cream, butter. I'm getting confused. Yeah. Not many products. It's like literally a handful. Yeah. So go yep. to the um, to the website. Yep. And um, and if come you into the Melbourne show and see me for a milkshake. Beautiful. Where are you at the Melbourne show? In shed eight in the pantry section. Okay, I have no idea. Oh, we should also where talk is about that near the pie in the sky? We've only got about yeah, oh, I a don't minute know so. exactly where. Okay, anyway. Giant. But also Melbourne Food and Wine Festival's coming to Inverloch. Oh, yes, they are. And we'll be talking more and more about that. Yes. I'm sure we'll get Pat Nurse on to uh, the creative director to talk about that or maybe Anthea. I don't know. We'll get to that. But in the meantime, uh, as a local hero, we salute you. And say, my God, you've done so much and so much great advocacy for not only those beautiful cows with their long eyelashes, <laughs> but the beautiful farmers, the beautiful humans that um, work so hard to bring great produce to Melburnians. So congratulations and thank you for all you do and oh, done. Thank you so much. Yeah, we I love the farmers and yeah. let's put them up on let's put them up in lights. Sally, thank you for coming in. (laughs) Thank you so much, Cam. Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. On a beautiful spring afternoon, what are you doing? Well, I'm just hanging around, you know, and I've got Carl here and uh, we've got some sensational guests and it is my absolute delight to turn my attention to our beautiful guests who have come here even though the place is probably going crazy as we speak. Uh, Direct from the Abbotsford Convent, I'd love to introduce to you uh, two people who are so hot right now because this restaurant, Julie, is so hot right now. Uh, I introduce to you Jules Blum and Anna Clifford. Welcome and... Hi, thank you. Hey, how you doing? We're well, how are you? Uh, as you can see, I'm just um, having a great old time here because I'm talking to some very quality people and this makes me very, very happy. Uh, um, 
Acknowledgement. First of all, Abbotsford Convent. Um, it's become a bit of a, a cultural icon of a place, hasn't it? Mm. You know, you know, it's like what have the Catholic Church ever given us? <laughs> the largest multi-arts precinct. Yes. Space. Thank you. <laughs> Pretty and, good. And we have to thank um, friend and would this be right to say mentor Cam Miller? Friend, buddy? Yes, Ooh. absolutely. Been huh? friends for a long time with How long Cam. have you known Cam? Um, I'm going to say 10 or 11 years now mm. uh, with my friendship with Cam. A few footy seasons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I came on 2019, so not as long, but yeah. boys. So we have here, we have the um, front house and back of house representing um, this new place, Julie. Um, Jules, chef, back of house with mm. a brand new kitchen with all sorts of great equipment in it, mm-hmm. which wasn't there before. Um, Anna, you're working in a in a really, really beautiful dining room, which is pretty popular at the moment, yeah? Yeah, it's been busy. <laughs> it's been <laughs> good. Busy. Yeah, two, two shifts. Um, but, Jules, can I talk to you first of all about um, you started off, you were talked into working with Cam back of house, is that correct? That's true. Uh, I was working you just You were doing like... visual neuroscience? What were you doing before? That was, uh, yeah. Uh... <laughs> um, I studied... So he dragged you away from a tertiary education by the sounds of it. <laughs> Not entirely. Oh, good. I did go willingly, oh, I'll good. admit. Yep. Um, I was studying sort of at the time when I first started doing fill-in shifts at Cam's. Mm. Uh, I was studying psychology and um, psychophysiology. Psychophysiology. Yes. Sorry, I got that No, no, that's wrong. fine. And then I finished that degree and I felt a little bit lost and I was still working hospitality the whole time mm. um, doing coffee. So you did your degree? I finished the degree oh. and then... Wow, well done. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, and then I was going to move on to do other... Um, Join the workforce in oh, oh study. Okay. Yeah, I was going to do my um, masters and everything like that. And oh, I you're just, going to the Garrett? Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. I was going. I was going to go for it, yeah. but I just couldn't sort of figure out what I wanted to do. So I decided to get some work in the industry, and I worked in a visual neuroscience lab for a year and a half. Mm. Um, but just stayed as a barista, and during that time, um, met Cam through a friend who was living with him. And um, he was like, I need a coffee person today. Can you help me? I was like, sure. And then sort of fell in love with the charm of working at CAMS. And yes. then uh, the beautiful chef Nina Gubler was working there at the time and she got sick and had to leave immediately. And because I liked cooking at home, Cam said, can you just get in there and make some soups and salads for the day? Okay. Yeah. And I was like, I really don't want to do that. I, was like, yeah. I nearly dropped out of school you in year 10 to, to be a chef. I'm really not interested. Come on, mate. Yeah. And he was like, just do it, please. Just like a couple of months, and I was like, "Fine, I'll do it." And then I so just... he was just persistent and relentless and He's relentless a persistent and, and persistent and relentless guy. And go on, you really? No, I don't want. Yes, you do. Go on. Yeah, he was like, "Just do it. It'll be fun. You love cooking, Julie. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then I just fell in love with it. Just like a very different way of working. Obviously, working with your hands, standing up all day, and the yeah. social aspect of it. Was just kitchen banter is an interesting banter. thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a 
wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you get really good at throwing things in rubbish bins from yes. all the way away. I yes, found uh, do. doing all that, well, that's one. I don't know if that's a transferable skill, <laughs> uh, but satisfying when you're able to nail a shot at the rubbish yeah. bin. I'm not bad at that uh, basketball game at the, Boom. you know, at the yeah. bowling alley. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good, so good. Transferable. Yeah, okay, that's transferable. <laughs> and so um, the great thing about working in the convent is, for one, you are in a sort of semi-rural environment mm. within town. It's I think beautiful. that's just awesome. The other thing that's really, really interesting about Julie and the space you've taken over, and I want to talk a bit about how the kitchen's evolved, is the fact that you're being supplied from the grounds for a lot of the food, yeah? Um. For a portion of the food, for sure. So I made sure that I said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we are sort of continuing to build that. So Kate Delabosca has been – she's been working um, at CAMS for probably about 12 years now. She's yeah. always worked front of house. Um, she used to own that cafe Newtown in uh, Fitzroy. Yeah. yeah. And then she started working at CAMS part-time um, and has done an incredible job and recently was like, I'm, I need to retire from hospitality. And Cam was like, well, why don't you – she loves gardening. She's got an amazing garden at I her house I see a way out Rye. of this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, he was like, why don't you come and garden with us for the new restaurant? Um, and we're looking to get all of our salad from there, a bulk of our herbs, all of our greens, and then grow a couple of um, seasonal like crops per season. So – we're going to get tomatoes in for summer, obviously. Have you Just, trialled the type of tomatoes you're going to grow? Um, not entirely yet. Kate's all across that and yeah. she grows tomatoes every year. We'll definitely get a lot of those like little like yummy lemon drop ones, which is my favourite. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we'll probably stick with some the smaller varieties and then we'll grow some of the like a larger... Big beefsteaky t- yeah. type ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Zucchinis, you're putting in zooks? I think we're going to do zucchinis and cucumbers. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because they're pretty easy to grow and, and yeah. prodigious. High yes, exactly. High yield. And yep. uh, yeah, I was wondering, I'm just dying to know what you would do with a zucchini flower. Oh, I mean... Yeah, so it's on the mind. Yeah. yeah okay, so great minds <laughs> thinking like... can. Um, um, I was lucky enough to come and um, have the wines that you were doing, Anna, and the great food that was coming from back of the house. And uh, you inspired me to cook an octopus stifado. Oh. Which wasn't thank as good you. as yours. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Because <laughs> they put too much clove in it, damn it. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I, but it was still edible. But tell us about the dish that you've done there because I think it's. It's kind of a special little dish. I love that. It's yummy, isn't it? Yeah. It's actually, I had a dish similar to that when I visited Sicily last year. Mm, and I was like, Very Sicily, yes. Yeah, I had never eaten uh, anything like that before and I was just like, it was blowing my mind. So I thought I'm going to come home and have a crack at it. It's sort of pasta with O-rings. Yes. Are these annuletti? Annuletti, Annuletti, yes. they're little um, circles of, of yes. pasta. People love to call them spaghettios, yes. Spaghettios! <laughs> but, but this dish is so beautiful and they're beautiful al dente and, and there's a little bit of crunch there and there's mm. this great flavour of this red wine stew mm. of the octopus and if I remember, there was bronze fennel on top. Bronze so these little fronds. The garden, yep. And there was a little, what was the little crunchy bits? A little like sort of uh, fried breadcrumb. Ah, yeah. The and then pan, ground down. What's the? Yeah, pan gratata. Pan sort of gratata. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so 
your food takes in these elements and and does simple, very straightforward but punchy food. And that's mm. what I really, really liked about it. Mm. Now, is it true that you were working somewhere else around Red Hill, perhaps? I was not working in Red Hill, but I did yeah. work um, for quite a while with Brigitte Hafner when she had Gertrude Street Enoteca. Ah. So I'm glad I, learnt... I I'm glad I phrased it that way. Yes. Yes. So, so I learned you, a lot from her. So you learned you got to study with uh, Brigitte. Mm-hmm. Um and Brigitte's crazy in the fact that mm. did you ever read that book like Water for Chocolate? You know, Isabel Allende? No. Well, it was sort of like this movie. The premise the premise of the book was that people would cook and the emotions that they would have while they would cook would be transferred onto the plate and then to the diner and you would take on this this emotion. So if someone was in love, everybody became in love or if there were tears that this person was crying oh, while they're cooking, beautiful. everybody would be weeping while they'd do that. But Brigida had that gift, I think, in that what she put in – her food is spooky mm. in the fact that what she puts in people feel like mm. – it's sort of a next little thing. So what did you – what was the main thing that you learned from Brigida working with her? I think anybody who works with Brigida would always say that Brigida taught me how to cook onions. She's very specific about how onions are cooked, which obviously is like the base for all flavour in most dishes. And you've got a subis on your menu with that we cabbage do. here. Yeah. So yes. what, how does she tell us? <clears throat> so Are you allowed to? I, I think she would be happy for me to spread the good word. Oh, good. So sure. like, it's like spreading Gippsland, the word about Gippsland dairy to everyone <laughs> yes. as well. Okay. Exactly. So it's good. What do we do? Well, I mean, it's like probably a lot of people already know this, maybe, but you... Obviously, you make sure you heat the pan up yeah. and then you put the oil in yeah. and then you put the onions in yeah. and she's like very specific about listening to Listen. the sound <gasps> of the onions. I so they have to sing to people that cook by ear, yes. yes. What's the sound? It's just like a beautiful little like sizzling singing sound. Yes. And then... What happens if there's too much heat? What happens to that sound? Well, it would be too... Too raucous. <laughs> Too raucous. Yeah. And then your onions would turn very black. black very quickly and it would be gotcha. not not nice. So it should be like a little, like a bubbling brook. Yes, underneath. exactly. Another thing that we sort of do is um, you sort of put onions in a few at a time. So if you're, I mean, obviously maybe for the home cook, not as important. No. When you're cooking in a restaurant, you know, you often have a lot of onions that you need to cook down. Hmm. So you kind of try to retain the heat in the pan. So you put your onions in, you make sure you're like seasoning at every step. I'm always tasting the onions like at every moment. Mm. And then you're like stirring them through, keeping the heat really high and yes. then kind of managing the temperature by adding more onions and instead you, of like letting it all sit in and then like simmer into a sloppy mess. And you can't leave it. You can't just go away. No, you've got to take care of your onions. It's do. It's <laughs> like people, I, I know people that say the same thing like, you know, they try to brown sesame seeds. Mm. Or pine nuts. And it's like, no, you have seeds. to concentrate on it. You can't go off and do something because, meh, exactly. it's all over. So anyway, being present in the moment. If there was one uh, words that, well, how would you describe your food and what you're doing at uh, at the convent? I mean, it's it's always difficult to talk about because you know I I have varying levels of. Um, experience Mm. and I think 
for a lot of the part, you know, I have worked at CAMS for eight years. So a lot of it has been sort of like learning in the moment. And sometimes I get a bit stressed, you know, like Melbourne is an incredible scene for food and I get a bit like, oh, I don't know, I'm just having a crack. And the microscope but, is on you at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, you must I feel that. So. I mean, you yeah. know, you've got the broadsheet thing and then yeah. everyone's come through and I'm going, I'm going to talk to you. Yes. So that was like very <laughs> stressful to me. But I think like with what you were kind of saying before, at the end of the day, like I'm not – food, everybody eats, everybody cooks food, everybody's cooked different dishes from different regions. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm just trying to invite guests into the space that I'm in a lot and I'm trying to create a nice space for myself and for my employees and we're just trying to feed people tasty food. Like that's really the only way that I can describe it. I've put some chicken on the menu. It's just a good chicken, you know. It's a good quality chicken. It's going to taste good. And, you know, that's how it is. Anna, sorry, we haven't really spoken much about the front of house. Mm. And how do you guys know each other? Do you have a a long association or a longish association? (laughs) Or is it just a recent thing? No, we were working together at CAMS. Yes. Um... (laughs) For know. many years, yeah, three okay. three years. Okay, so you've had you've um, had a, we, quite a bit of time in the kitchen together. Yeah, we worked um, really hard, sort of back when Cam's was sort of becoming a night a venue thing. more. Yeah, and um, I sort of came into Cam's and met Jules and ate her food, and was just like. Oh yeah. Why don't people come here? <laughs> I was like, this when did when did this come around? Like Jesus where is everyone? Come on. So um people. So I made it very much my mission to get more people yeah. coming down and um enjoying also just like the space that Cam's created there is so beautiful and comfy and unique. It is. I, I agree with that because yeah. it, it's very unlike, you know, the restaurant groups and the big people yeah. and all that sort of stuff. It's uh, it, it, it's wonderful and unique and you like to think that it really personifies Melbourne and that it's independent yeah. mm-hmm. like th- this place. And you I know? think very much now, you know, it, it definitely has um, a big place in our hearts, yeah. for a lot of people, whether it's you know the farmers market or the people that have um, produced the artists that have produced there or the music that gets produced there, yeah. but I want to talk about wine in front of house. And <laughs> were you at Spring Street? No, no. I was when? at um, Public Wine Shop. Public Wine yeah. Shop. Okay. Yeah, it was almost like a little sabbatical away from Cam's. Yes. <laughs> at Public Wine Shop. And and what are your thoughts with the the list that you have put together is really, really interesting. Well, it was actually put together by Claudelle Savannah. Yes. Who um, is a very dear friend of mine from um, – she's from the Sunshine Coast and I'm from Brisbane. Yes. And our friendship groups have been intertwined forever and we've just known each other for years and years and years and then we ended up working together at Public. Yes. And I just thought I want her to do the wine list because her palate's amazing. She's um, – Got a lot of sort of classic training, mm. but then also working at Public Wine Shop where Campbell Burton, um, you know, lent us a wealth of knowledge on natural wines. Yes. She was able to. And um, there's there's interesting things. It's like um, we were talking, there's a Chenin Blanc that's um, on the menu, which is sort of a bit of a, a 
do I say trendy? It's so you don't. But it's <laughs> it's sort of there's a bit of a tension about Shannon Blongs mm. at, the, at the moment, and also um, we were talking off here about this about uh, that sweet apricotty wine. Oh, Viognier. Viognier. Is it always sweet and apricotty? Well, the I think you were pointing out when you came in. I mm. think you were pointing out the boba Viognier from Yarra Valley, mm-hmm. um, which is so gorgeous. It's just like it's beautiful and lean and like nicely acidic, but then oh. it has body oh. at the same time. So it'd be a good and match like, for a hot food. Yeah, is there a bit of residual sugar there, like a little bit of fruit? Mm. There's a little bit of fruit, yeah. So it yeah, handled yeah, chili. Lovely. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> and 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 that's that, that's the thing that if you like hot food, chili food, and you think a lot of like for years, I thought I can't have wine with this. Um, something with a residual. Oh yeah. Works well. Oh, we love a riesling and a Thai food. <laughs> you love a riesling <laughs> with a with a beautiful Thai meal. Buchanan, are you listening to this? <laughs> Duncan Buchanan grows riesling or. Because, oh, okay. but, you know, and I give them a lot of um, <laughs> shtick about that. Um, so uh, the place is open. We're talking about the convent. We're talking about Julie at the convent. What are the hours of operations? Um, we're Thursday, Friday, Saturday, lunch and dinner. Oh, so you get a bit of time off during the week. That's nice. Yeah, we do a Sunday lunch. Yes. So it's happening right now. Yeah. We'll set menu. Oh, you're going to have to go and head back to it. Well, look, we're <laughs> going to have to run because, unfortunately, the nature of time has got us, hasn't it, Carl? It always does. It always does. Always does. Um, our guests, um, Sally Jones from uh, Gippsland Dairy. Thank you, Sally. Who's in the, in the back there waving. We're going to get stuck into the smoked salmon she brought. Uh, Jules and Anna, thank you so much. Keep doing the great things that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you oh, and thank Cam too. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 